Welcome to the Diamond Mind Podcast with Nate and Lenny, where we listen to all 92 Diamond albums certified by Billboard. Today's album is... I don't remember. Hybrid Theory by, by Linkin Park. Park. <laughs> but before we get into anything, here's our news segment. Welcome back to the music news. ABBA have reunited for the first time in 40 years and have announced a new album called Voyage, plus a digital concert. Paramore have made millions in royalties after receiving songwriting credits on Olivia Rodrigo's Sour. Haley Williams and Josh, Josh Farrow, I think that's how you say his last name, I'm not 100% sure, sorry Josh, now have 50% ownership of the song Good For You, meaning that Olivia is only receiving 50% now, which means she has lost quite a bit of money from that. So Elton John, <laughs> yeah, Elton John has an, an elite list of features on his new collaborative album, including Dua Lipa, Young Thug, Nicki Minaj, Nicki Minaj, Charlie Puth, Miley Cyrus, Robert Trujillo, Yo-Yo Ma, Stevie Wonder, Stevie Nicks, and several other artists. Honestly, it's an incredible lineup he has there. The Cranberries have released a new music video for Never Grow Old in honor of what would have been the late singer Dolores O'Riordan's. Riordan's. So sorry. Um, but her 50th birthday. So isn't that Aren't sweet? Aren't they the one that sings um, the what? Zombie. Yeah. Okay. I was just making sure. All right. Two more things. 21 Pilots' new concert. Um... Yeah, it's inside the video game platform, Roblox. Didn't someone else do that? Wasn't it like Lil Nas X or someone who did that? Um, I know a lot of people do their stuff inside of Fortnite. No, it was A$AP like, Rocky. He did Tell the Creator. I know someone like that has done a big concert inside of a video game. Probably. like Tra- I know Travis Scott did Fortnite. I didn't know anybody else did Travis, Roblox. Okay, maybe Travis Scott is what I'm thinking of. And last but certainly not least, and I need to pull up a quote before I finish this, but Britney Spears' dad, Jamie has filed a petition to end the singer's conservatorship. And there is a quote saying, if Miss Spears wants to terminate the conservatorship and believes that she can handle her own life, Mr. Spears believes that she should get that chance. And the very, very last thing, because I lied, we actually have three things left. We got merch. On God. We got merch. Right now it's only two of a kind, but maybe one day. Maybe one day. Back to the album. And we're back. So before we get into the album, let's get into some social medias. The Twitter, TDM Pod, TDM POD. The Instagram, The Diamond Mind Podcast. If you're an audio listener and you want to see our beautiful face or you want to see some vlogs or anything of the sort, The Diamond Mind on YouTube. If you look up The Diamond Mind Podcast, we should be the first thing that pops up. Rate us five stars. Subscribe, follow, comment, like, do all the jazz. It helps us reach more people around the globe. So it does, and subscribe to YouTube, not just our podcast, but our YouTube. Yes, that's a big one. I want to push right now because I've been looking at analytics. Also, it is deathly quiet in here. It's because I don't have the fan on. Yeah, maybe that's it. It's very. I big. guess I can I, hear. I can hear the bugs outside. Oh, God. I hear the bugs in your hair. Anyways, let's get into the album. (laughs) I do not have bugs. (laughs) I do not have bugs. Anyway, Hybrid Theory, I have it now. 11 times platinum. It was released on October 24th, 2000. I was a month old. That's a fun fact. 12 songs, only 38 minutes long. How refreshing. 
And also, rest in peace, Chester Bennington. On God. So. Mental health. Uh, if you are having issues, don't bottle it up. Go talk to somebody. You are wanted. You are needed. Anyways, this first song is called Paper Cut. Uh, starts off with the... Well, before before I even talk about the song, let's just talk about the genre that is Linkin Park. Because there's not much that's like it. Um, it's classified as new metal. Um, slash rap rock. S- slash rap rock, yes. Which, it takes a lot of elements from like... I don't know what kind of metal that would be called, but like... New metal. But no, but like oh, it takes elements artist, from like the artist that it listed was Limp Biscuit, Deftones, and Corn. So it's a lot of like metal like that with like the they have this guy named Mike and he raps on some of the songs and like it's very distinctive. There's not a ton of stuff that's like it. So uh, when I bring up a guy rapping and distorted guitar riffs in the same song review, don't be confused. With that being said, Papercut begins with a hip-hoppy sounding type deal going on, and then the distorted guitars just slam in. Um, dude starts spitting, but I don't. I don't really like it. I'm not a huge fan of the rap part of Linkin Park. I'm much more of a fan of the Chester Bennington part. Um, nothing against you, Mike. Nothing personal. It's just. Uh. Um, it just feels so out of place to me, I guess, like hearing the distorted guitars in the back and yeah, it just, a lot of the times when he does rap, it feels like they shoehorned him in, you know, it doesn't feel like he is, (laughs) I don't want to say, I don't want to sound mean, but it doesn't feel like he's a valid part of the song. (laughs) Like, let's take Kid Rock. Yes. Let's take Kid Rock. And who would you combine it with to try to describe what this sounds like? It's got to be like... Because Kid Rock itself is pretty, I mean... Gosh, I don't even know, dude. I don't know what to... How to describe Linkin Park other than just listening to Linkin Park. It's the, it's the angsty nastiness of, like, so much early 2000s metal... But mixed with this guy that's rapping that doesn't even... He doesn't even sound like a rapper to me. Like, he just sounds like this random dude that they just got. And they're like, hey, can you say this? See, but, okay, it's called new metal, though, because when you say metal, I think of other bands like Megadeth, or mm-hmm. Metallica, or someone like that. But then when you have... It's just... It's so far off, but also very influenced by it. Mm-hmm. And I think it's the screaming and growling that really does it. Um, is that all you had for these notes? Yeah, I was just going to say, like, it's just very hard, experimental, whatever. And that's just kind of how I feel about the song. It's just hard, experimental, whatever. Yeah, that's partially how I feel about this entire album, but not completely. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll get there. But for this song, I only wrote that you can hear the Limp biscuit in there. And that this song... I mean, oh gosh, I don't even know what I wrote. Hold on, hold on. I'm really not with it tonight. Okay, so this album already, starting off with the song, the topics compared to what we have been listening to mm-hmm. is very different. 
And the sound itself, obviously, you said experimental, but it's extremely different. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, last episode was Mariah Carey. Dixie Chicks wasn't too long ago. I don't remember what was in between at this point. Um, oh, Phil Collins. Yeah. like, like it, it was, It's just all very different. So this was kind of like a... Shocking. A rude awakening in uh-huh. a sense. Um, I didn't really have much to say about Paper Cut. Okay. So. so this next song is called One Step Closer. Um, this one doesn't start with rapping, which is pretty cool. Um, the chorus was kind of lame. It's, it's like they'll like sing something and then he just kind of not screams because you can tell when Chester Bennington screams, but it's just kind of like a, he speaks it very forcefully. He says, cause I'm one step closer to the edge and I'm about to break and he just speaks it. He's aggressive. Yes, and it just kind of feels like like a weirdly mixed, like, I, I don't know. It feels like something that somebody in middle school would make in, like, GarageBand on their school bought iPad. Um, no, I know the kids. The, the kids. Dude, there was always those kids like that, and then they'd, like, fart into the iPad or something and then, like, mix their fart. Dude, mm-hmm. Um, How are you not that kid? <laughs> Said I wasn't. Okay. Um, the shut up segment is just all angst. It's literally just him screaming shut at the top up. of his lungs. And I mean screaming this time. Shut up. Um, <laughs> and honestly, cringe, bro. Cringe. Like, not, can't sugarcoat it. Made me cringe. That's all I got to say, though. Okay, so One Step Closer was the first single released off Hybrid Theory. As well as Linkin Park's very first single overall. Isn't that interesting? Huh. It has become one of Linkin Park's biggest hits, being played at almost every live show and even being the closing song for some live shows. The chorus and first verse's lyrics were penned by former vocalist Chester Bennington's exasperation of handing lyrics to Hybrid Theory producer Don Gilmore, only for Gilmore to hand the lyrics back to him and tell him to rewrite them. Mm-hmm. This song style... This is me speaking now. That was the genius lyrics thing. But this song style is what I think of when I think of Linkin Park. Or it's more on track to that. More than more so than the first song. Yeah. And one step closer to the edge is, ba- I mean, basically he's being pushed too far. And that's repetitive because that was the part of the chorus, wasn't it? Yeah, one step closer to the edge and I'm about to break. Yeah. Um... So, before I get into this next song, I kind of say this later on down the line, but I might as well say it now, because we just talked about the one step closer to the edge thing. Mm -hmm. How did, like, nobody know? This dude was, like, very obviously crying out for help. I mean, it just goes to show that, like, a lot of the times, especially with celebrities, like, you don't take what they say as, like, actual words. You're just kind of like, oh, they're just singing, like, they're just doing this, but, like... I mean, come on. Oh, like, yeah. Almost, some of these lyrics, it's incredibly obvious. Every single song on this album shows that he was... Like, when we, get on, when we get to the song Crawling... Oh, okay. Um, but wait, adding on to that, though, think about it. It was the year 2000 when this came out. Mm-hmm. Some of these songs were written in the 90s. So, look back and, like, actually think about that time period and about mental health and things like that. Yeah. Because the early 2000s was absolutely brutal on people's mental health. Yeah. I mean, we didn't really start super-duper, like, 
I don't want to say caring, because, I mean, there was definitely still people that cared, but, like, it wasn't in the public eye to care until very recently in history. So, I mean, you've got people like Chester Bennington and Kurt Cobain and stuff that, like... I think that was a murder. They're so... Uh, we can debate about that. But um, they're these celebrities that their mental health just tanked and nobody did anything about well, it. I mean, because, there's also, like, Robin Williams. Yeah. He was a comedian. Which he had, like, a disease and, like, that's the whole different rabbit hole that we could totally go down right now. But, um, sorry, I totally got lost in my notes. This next song is called With You. Uh, a very similar feeling to the first song. It bounces back and forth between rapping to the metal chorus with a metal bridge. Um, the beat in the back is also a mixture of rap and heavy metal, kind of like how it was uh, in the first song. Um, this song was just kind of kind of poopy. Like I, I wasn't totally into it. Um, I really just don't like the rapper. I'm sorry, Mike. I'm sorry. Um, Killer Mike? What album was that on? Uh, the Ghetto, or Speaker Box. Speaker Box. And Love Below. Yeah. Well, just Speaker the Box, Land I thought. The Syndrome album. Maybe. I don't know. Um, I, I will say, though, why, like, I think part of the reason why I don't like his rapping is not even necessarily the rapping. Some of his bars are bad, but... They put so much, like, reverb on him, and, like, his voice is already not fit to rap, in my opinion. He just sounds like, yeah, I'm here, and I'm rapping right now. That's literally exactly how it's he like sounds. It's like tried to muffle it and sound like it was coming through the radio or telephone. Yes. But then they add an extra layer to it that makes it sound just a little... And they put so much reverb, like... Yeah. I mean, go listen to, um... In the end, like, that song, the reverb on that song and the rapping parts is just insane. Um, that's all I really have to say about With You. I liked how there were some, uh, it, I couldn't tell if it was record scratches or if it was actually, like, the sound effect of radio frequencies being changed. But I like that. Just a little switch up. Very minor. But this song, it helped them to push the mix of rap and rock and the streaming of music. Which is interesting. Hmm. That they were one of the big, like, influences of that specific yeah. genre. It was a catchy song, and I, personally, I thought it was kind of funny that I would prefer this style of 2000s, like, love song compared to some of the other stuff that we've listened to. Like, Britney, NSYNC, Backstreet Boys, some of those songs. Sorry, Britney. I love you, Britney. Yeah, we still love you. But you know what I'm talking about, the stinkers. Yeah, I know. Yeah, like, know. the ones that are just, like... <sighs> Like, Smooth just... fast. Yeah. Or just cheesy. Um, but I also never listened to Linkin Park or mm-hmm. any of, like, their influences that we've already mentioned. So, I don't know. Strange opinion. We can move on. Uh, the next song is called Points of Authority. Uh, I will say the bars in the beginning are, like how I said earlier, that some of his bars are really bad. Um, it's literally, like, lunch table freestyle lyrics. I swear... Like, when you're just sitting there with your with your homies and just messing around and y'all, like, rhyme for two lines and then you go on to the next rhyme scheme because you can't think of anything else, that's literally how this is. Um, 
chorus is bumping though, and that saves it, and that's how a good yeah. chunk of these songs are. Mm-hmm. Um, saves it from from being absolutely god awful to like being okay at least. Um, it sucks. At this point, I kind of realize it sucks how formulaic their songs are on this album. Uh, yeah, I touch on that at um, the very end, I think. And there's so, like that's definitely going to be a recurring theme. Um, there's no real difference in the feel that they're going for. It's just kind of to the luck of the draw. If the chorus smacks and the rapping doesn't ruin the song, because if you're going for variety on this album, like looking for like anything that isn't that sound, you're, you're out of luck. Um, that's pretty much all I have to say about that. Okay, this song talks about a toxic, abusive relationship. Uh, it really attacked the other person, and you can really feel the anger in the chorus. And I like the lyrics and the kind of hateful, heinous, however you want to look at it. But I also said that I would adding it to this playlist that I have called Now I'm Mad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now I'm Mad? Yeah. But this song, okay, this song is what made me like feel like I'm not bored. But I'm not intrigued. Mm-hmm. So it was just kind of yeah. You said moment. you said that, and I very much so can can agree with that. It's not necessarily like yeah. I don't really feel like you can be bored when somebody's screaming at you like this. But like, it's not. It's not. There's nothing giving not. you new flavor. That's like, oh, I want to. I want to hear a little, little more. Get a little no- yeah. another sneak peek. Uh, but that's uh, just kind of how I feel about a lot of this album. Is yeah. like it's. It's good, but, like, give me more, you know? Mm-hmm. Hold on. Sorry. It, it's Barack Obama. And we're back. Sorry. Uh, you know, I had to take it. It was Barack. He wanted to go golfing this weekend. Anyways. Not this, shoot hoops. No, 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 no. Golfing. <laughs> okay. um, this next song is called Crawling. Um, certified Banger. This is absolutely... I don't know how this wasn't, like... You know how on... What is it? Certified banger means. <laughs> <laughs> For those of you who don't know what Nate just said, a banger is a super awesome song as defined by Urban Dictionary. Back to the podcast. I remember being in middle school and being moody and listening to this song. It's just... I don't know how this wasn't... Um, you know how... What is it called? It's not iTunes anymore. It's Apple Music. Is Mm -hmm. that what it's called now? Um, Apple Music will have, like, little stars next to, like, the... The popular songs? Yes. I don't know how this wasn't one of the ones on the album. I would have thought that it would have been this song and In the End. Um, Yeah, because wasn't the second song starred? Yeah, uh, One Step Closer. The one that I said was cringy. Yes. Um, but, yeah, part of why I like this song is because it's not screaming at you the whole time. The verses are, like, the calm before the storm of the chorus. Yeah. Uh, the chorus is also an absolute classic. This is just, this is a good song. And uh, if I were to suggest anybody a Linkin Park song, it would likely be this one. I would either do this one or in the end. Yeah, in the end, definitely gives you the more of the rap flavor that they're like. I also feel like most people know that song anyway. Mm-hmm. Like, you I, think I feel like Park, that's their most that's their song. popular song. Yeah. Or um, Numb. That's one of the songs that I was surprised. Uh, 
that's one of the songs that I was surprised that wasn't on this album. Mm-hmm. The I become so numb. That yeah. song. If you didn't know what I was talking about, uh, that's all I have to say about Crawling. Crawling won a Grammy in 2002 for Best Hard Rock Performance. The song alternates between rap-sung lyrics by Mike and varied pitches of singing from Chester. Chester claims it is hard to perform this song live due to his own personal experience similar to the problems in the song, which we'll touch on uh, in just a moment. Give me a minute. The music video for the song was directed by the brother Strauss and depicts a young woman portrayed by Caitlin... <laughs> sorry, so sorry, I don't know your last name, Caitlin. And her struggles with an abusive boyfriend. The surrounding crystals in the video represent her alienation from the world. And Lincoln Park is seen performing in a fortress of solitude kind of location. At the end of the video, the crystals are no longer seen, representing the woman's escape from the relationship and a good... Uh, yeah, okay. And then I'll just get to how he relates to that in a moment when I'm done with my notes. But it's a good balance of screaming and growling in a soft melodic voice. Melodic? Melodic? Words. <laughs> Um, but Chester Bennington deals with the side effects of no, taking methamphetamines. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Chester Bennington deals with the side effects of taking methamphetamines, a drug he used to he he used throughout his teens. The anxiety hallucinations. Teens. The anxiety <sighs> hallucinations and a feeling of things crawling under his skin. This song, though, can also appeal to anyone who's feeling uncomfortable and helpless. So that's how he relates. And I never, like, I've heard this song for years and years and years, and I guess I just never thought about it because Lainey looked at me after the song and was like, okay, but what do you think it was about? Um, and I had to sit here and think about the lyrics, and I was like, man, I guess it sounds like drug abuse. Um, and the more and more I thought about the lyrics, the more and more it made sense, like the crawling under the skin, like mm-hmm. feeling like you have bugs and like the wounds won't heal, like picking at the scabs and stuff. And like, um, you're always like sitting there. Sitting yeah. Cause there. you know, you feel like there's stuff under your skin. Um, again, like cry for help. I don't know as a. As a society, I think we've gotten better about seeing these things. It's just, it's a shame that we let this one slip. Did you see the uh, Blues Clues 25th anniversary thing where he was? Uh huh. Yes, I saw. I I just saw pictures. I didn't see the actual. No, I saw the video and made me made me shed a tear. Not gonna lie. Steve's bald. (laughs) Oh, poor Steve. Um, Oh, poor Steve. I wish we could find that I wish that we could video. find that so bad. If you can find that, there's a specific episode of The Annoying Orange. The YouTube, that, though, not the show. Yes, that we watched when we were little where it's like this strawberry mm-hmm. or something. It's I think strawberry. it's zapped by a laser. And then, is it the pear? He yeah, says, aw, poor Steve. Aw, poor Steve. And we can't find it, but we thought it was so funny when we were little. So I've got this futuristic laser gun. Whoa, poor Steve. Anyways, this next song is called Runaway. Um, a very similar feeling to Crawling. Uh, this song, I started to analyze the lyrics because I had to I had analyze the last one. And it's funny that you say that it's similar to Crawling because I made a note of that. But um, I had to analyze the last one. And I was like, oh, this is about drug abuse. So I thought about this one. It sounded very much so like anxiety to me. Um, 
it could also be linked to drugs in a way if you Oh, I totally forgot I literally wrote the meaning of the song down. You can continue. If you if You're you want to take it that off. way. Um that's just how I interpreted it. Uh there's a little whisper there's like this whisper segment in the song where he'll whisper most of the line and then the last word is like screamed yeah. at the very top of his lungs. Yeah. Caught me off guard. Made me cringe. Just, I don't know. It just, it's kind of hard to take seriously, really. It, just because it caught me so off guard. Um, still a way better song than any of the songs with the rapping thus far. Because <laughs> In the End comes up soon, and that's a really good song. Yeah. Uh, anyways. So, Runaway describes what someone can feel when he or she is tortured by society and simply decides to escape. So anxiety, I feel like, does relate in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, this song did not receive good criticism because some people consider it to be a song written for teenagers. And as many can notice, it has a similar structure to Crawling, like Nate has already stated, with, a very, with very short raps from Mike. When it first started, though... It reminded me of the Red Hot Chili Peppers, and I want to say it was Californication. Mm-hmm. Is the song that it actually reminded me of? I'd have to go back and listen to it, but... That's such a good song. It is. But it repeats the same two lines multiple times at the end that say, I want to run away and open up my mind, which mm-hmm. perfectly, I mean, it makes sense. It really does. Next song. The next song is called By Myself. The beginning literally sounds like Backstreet Boys or Boys to Men or something to me. It's got this, like, calm beat in the back and the dude's rapping, but, like, you can tell he's not, a like, a rapper-rapper. It's like when Justin Timberlake rapped on that one song. What was that song? On the last NSYNC album that we listened to? Um, If you know it, comment. I can look it up while you talk. Um, The chorus is kind of butt, though. Like... Usually the chorus can somewhat save it, like I said earlier. Um, I just, I don't know, it wasn't for me. Also, after this dude raps, Chester screams after every line during a certain segment of this song. It just wasn't fun for me to listen to. There was too much of a contrast there because the guy's, the rapper's voice isn't super-duper crazy heavy. I really feel like if the rapper's voice was more growly or, like, heavier in your face, mm-hmm. I wouldn't dislike the rapping as much, but just how much him and Chester contrast. It just, uh... Um, the little I can't hold on section, like, in the outro, though, is cool, and that's how I feel about this song. I can't find the specific song. Hold on. It was on No Strings Attached. That's I'm pretty what sure. It was. Fidget Spinner. Okay. I wish these things were more quiet, because I would totally just do this whole, all podcast. Just, I love that. <laughs> I want my lip. Ow. Anyway, can't find it. We're going to continue. What song are we on? By Myself. Mm-hmm. Starting with the intro, I like the guitar um, shred or pinch harmonic. Mm-hmm. Whatever the technical term is. That matched um, throughout the song. It continued, but it matched Chester's screams. Almost like it was harmonizing with uh-huh. his voice. I, I enjoyed that. The rap section reminded me 
almost kind of like a boy band in a sense. And they already touched on that, like Backstreet Boys or whatever, or Justin Timberlake and NSYNC. But only because it it sounds like he's talking through a telephone every single time. Mm-hmm. And they have that stupid auto-tuned voice, like, layover thing. I don't understand it. I don't. But it all sounds the same. I don't know if it was an early 2000s thing or late 90s thing or what, but it was even in this rap rock, new metal thing. genre. So there's that. I also didn't know that they... Dude, why did they whisper in the song? Mm-hmm. I hate whispering Why does anybody songs. do that? I don't know. Like, it, like, totally takes away from you, like, doing any vocals. Well, some people, like... You know how people watch the ASMR whisper videos? Mm-hmm. I hate that. Let me get the helmet. That sounded like a horse. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Ugh. You don't Ooh. like that, but you sat there and said, "It sounded like a horse." I don't like. I don't really like the sound of metal clinking. It makes it grosses me out for some reason. I don't know. Cut to me doing the water. <laughs> thing at the beginning. Uh-huh. Um, I lost my, I lost my, I'm trying to thought. We're talking about whispering? Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. They you also include great uses of similes. <laughs> a simile. For those of a you simile. that don't know what Lainey just said. A simile is when you make a comparison using the words like or as. You just pulled the definition <laughs> over my face. No. Um, it describes... Oh, the song. Okay, let me finish these notes because this is taking forever. <laughs> By Myself describes a person with no self-confidence as well as a drug problem. Both of these were issues that Chester Bennington faced throughout his lifetime. In sentence. The next song is called In the End. I should have segued that better. Dang it. <laughs> In the End is... Uh, Probably the one that everybody's heard. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is one of the only exceptions, in my opinion, to all the rap songs sucking. Uh, That's why it's one of the most popular. The For some reason, the first rap segment is super enjoyable. The second rap sec- section is a little bit worse because the flow gets a little, uh, like he kind of falls off it, but then he comes back on. It's hard to describe, but mm-hmm. it follows the same general formula, go figure. Uh, so it gets saved. Uh, the chorus is... Just a slapper. I mean, absolute classic. Of just course. just like um, Crawling. They really, they can really do it with the choruses for some reason. Like, they usually hit those on the head. Right. Um, that's, that's really all I have to say. Like, there's not much to say about a song that everybody's heard, you know? That is true. Also, this is Minnie. Last time we had Mickey, but th- this is Minnie. Everyone say hi to Minnie. Because I'm Alice. Mm. And I wrote it. Mm. Anyway, in the end, it's mainly based on one person's failure. Its most possible meaning is that it's about time wasted on trying to build a relationship with a girl who doesn't want to be with you. It's as simple as that. Chester has been quoted saying, I don't really participate in picking the singles. I learned that after making hybrid theory I was never a fan of in the end and I didn't even want it to be on the record dang that's crazy and then he says how wrong could I have possibly been that just goes to show uh, you're, you're, you're your biggest critic crit crit 
Critic. Critic. <laughs> the stars and everything, yeah. Okay. Moving on with my last couple notes. It's definitely one of their most popular songs. We've already discussed that. It was the first Linkin Park song I had heard. Mm-hmm. I don't know about you, but that's the first one I had heard. Mine was probably Numb. Okay, yeah, it was either this one or Numb. Just because I remember Numb from, like, super-duper early YouTube video tutorials. I feel like that was on the radio all the time. Mm-hmm. I just, I just specifically remember the da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da, like the little beat in the back of Numb. Um, yeah. I remember that being on, like, Mario Kart Wii, how to unlock every character. Oh <laughs> like, tutorials like that. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to find out what year that song came out. 2003. Okay, yeah. Makes sense. Um, next. Anyways, the next song is called A Place for My Head. The guitar riff in the beginning kind of sounded Egyptian to me, which, like, not not like the the guitar itself, but, like, the notes sounded Egyptian to me. Uh, then we get into some rapping, and uh, Mike rhymes the word this with the word rest. Don't know how he pulled that one off. This, rest. This, rest. Like, yo, sweetness. But you gotta think, he also raps like, you know, I gotta do this. I ain't getting no rest. Like, it just does not rhyme at all. Um, okay, see, I didn't realize that before. He was getting some hate out in this song, though. So there you go, Mike. Uh, Killer Mike. <laughs> different artist. Mike D, also a different artist. Mike D. He's in the Beastie Boys. Uh, um, which I bring up at some point today. I don't know when, though. For real? Mm-hmm. Oh, I thought you said that you had brought it up today. Um... Bro was just whispering over no instruments at oh, one point. So and then immediately after he's just screaming and all the instruments go to town and that's the only part of the song that was kind of balls other than the dude rhyming rest with the word this uh cuz he just repeats you- himself throughout throughout the whole part but most of the rest of this song I dug. I'm not going to lie. Okay. Nate talks about the guitar at the very beginning and about how it sounds Egyptian. As soon as it started, I had this weird reaction. It was like a partial body chill. Very strange. Don't know what happened. But it's from the perspective of someone who is related to people that they can't relate to. (laughs) How relatable is not? Anyway. And wants to be in a place where people won't try to, to manipulate them. Also... Okay, I felt that. And can understand and sympathize with them. I'm also adding this one to my mad playlist because it just... Now I'm mad. Now I'm mad. I think my, like, anger, like, my mad playlist from when I was in middle school is literally just called Anger. Mm -hmm. I I haven't updated it since middle school. Yeah, it's just called Anger. If you will, if you will want me... If you will, if you, I do what the little kids do. <laughs> if you want that, you, you could, um, I, you can, you listen, could do anything. Sing song. My, I, I, I. <laughs> Why do people listen to this? I don't know. <laughs> no, that's the thing that they don't. Uh-huh. <laughs> but if you want me to read off the Now I'm At playlist, I'll be happy to share it with your eyes. Maybe we'll have a special something. Da, da, da. Can you smell what the rock is cooking? Anyway. 
What, what is wrong today? I'm tired. I did not sleep well last night. I slept very well last night. Congratulations. I tapped out. I have to get the blood tomorrow. So this song, The Whispering with No Other Sound, it was very awkward. However, it cuts back in with the screaming instrumentals, which was very predictable. <laughs> Man, we do a podcast. <laughs> see how many more songs do we have uh, like three. three okay next song the next song is called forgotten what a transition it just you're instantly slammed with the sound of uh distorted guitars it's not it's not like all the other songs where it's like the little slow build up maybe a little rap section and then you get slammed with sound uh this one slammed. especially that's a new slogan slammed with sound if Did I ever make a record label, that? Did you what? just watch that? The screech on that, but the light bulb, I swear, it just like intensified and then just immediately shrunk back. Bro, are you like tripping? <laughs> no. <laughs> um, this one especially reminded me of Limp Biscuit. It's Eleven Eleven Make a Wish. Just by how they present the pre-chorus, how Limp Biscuit is like, uh, I don't know how to. Say I don't know any lyrics to any Limp Biscuit song, so I'm just gonna say something. Um, Minnie Mouse on the table, like how they just like present super duper hard. I think my verse um, snapped in half from that one thing. Don't even know what that is. Uh, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, that's not necessarily a good thing, though. As I said, I don't know the lyrics to any Limp Biscuit song, and that's because they're not good, and I don't listen to them. Um, that. You- the record scratching thing on the bridge. Kyle, you should listen to this is album. Pretty bad. All in all, and the song. The song, three out of ten. Not even gonna cap. Three out of ten. What are you? What are you doing? I can't show you. It's a secret. Okay. Um. Now watch but me. But now whip. I'm back. No. Watch hey. me, Nana. Nana, before you get a whooping. <laughs> hey, Nana, before you get a whooping. Nana, before you get that whooping. Dude, my, um, I have a folder on my computer that's literally just, like, called Nate's Film Stuff, where I just have, like, all the little random clips and sound effects and pictures that I'll throw in as edits and stuff, just in case I ever need them in the future. Uh, And, like, I was scrolling through there the other day. There is some absurd stuff. Like, that video at the end I put of, at the end of Kid Rock that I put, uh, the sound squared... That that one's on there. I've got like the the most random stuff on there, and then like sometimes I'll accidentally. Do you have your middle school videos on there? mm -hmm. I have everything, dude. Like from back when I first started doing anything with video editing. We should. Okay, I've been looking up. This doesn't concern you all, but you can still listen unless Nick cuts it. (laughs) Sorry. Um, I've been trying to look up because I figured out how to work the old camcorder with the tape or whatever in it. Mm -hmm. I've been trying to figure out how to convert that to, like, digitalize it. And you have to have certain ports on your computer, I think, which I don't have a computer. Mm. But anyway. And it'd be so funny if we could get the Mario and Luigi skits that we did off your old camcorder. Oh, my gosh. I'd have to search. I'd have to absolutely search. Because I found one of me, like, my first Christmas. It'd have to. I really wanted to digitalize it. I'd have to look. Because, honestly, they might be on a disc already somewhere. Um, they might be on a disc somewhere because mom used to just love to like burn the videos off of there onto discs and just That's have smart. massive stacks of discs. I want her to show me how to do that. Um, 
And then, like, but honestly, it just might be on some little, uh, what, what are those called? Like, a little card that you put into the inside the... No, but, like, the oh, little the card that you put SD in the... card. Yeah, 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 yeah. It might just be on a little SD card somewhere in some, like, old camera bag that we haven't touched since the early 2000s. So, um, early 2010s, probably, more like. Um, I just remember making those videos. Dude, they were dumb, but we had fun, and we didn't know how to edit, so it would be like... It was just one, like, It one would be thing. one massive clip, like, we'd be doing something over here, and then the scene would need to change or to, Or maybe like, we would, like, stop it and then start it again or something, and it'd be completely different. So, something like that. I, I have no clue. We had fun, and we were little, and that was my first experience doing anything like this, and now I do this every Every week. That was before these two teeth grew in. Dude, I, th- there was one Christmas that I didn't have both of my front, front teeth. teeth and then I got a little uh, Christmas ornament. We really went on a tangent. Uh, Reminisce. I got like this Christmas, or- Christmas ornament that's like a beaver getting uh, a gift of like the other beaver is giving it front teeth. And it's like wrapped in like a bow. And if you press the button, it plays the all I want for Christmas is my two front teeth. And I think that's like one of my favorite Christmas ornaments I have. Okay. (sighs) Forgotten. My turn. Speaking of, we forgot where we were. (laughs) One of the very first songs the band ever wrote. Huh. Fun fact. But it was formerly known as Rhinestone, and it was featured along with three other tracks on the Zero demo tape that was recorded in 96. But this was back when Mark Wakefield was the lead singer. And it is the only song that was so loud for no reason. But it's the only song from this tape that is that was like later reworked or whatever mm-hmm. with new lyrics and used in an album. So that's very very interesting fun fact. Fun fact. Yeah. Okay, but this song, getting into my notes again, started immediately after the last song. Mm-hmm. They really just got down to business. They have good lyrics that are worth reading, but the sound on this album is just too similar within each song for me to really listen to and pay attention to and try to dissect it. But, I mean, they do switch it up a little bit. Yeah. but I get what you're saying. Yeah. Again... Bored, not bored, but not intrigued. Mm-hmm. This next song is called Cure for the Itch. The beginning of this literally sounds like the beginning of Sublime song. Um, there's a specific song that I was thinking of. Oh, uh, sorry, Mom. Smoke Two Joints. That uh, that song begins with this a... dialogue, doesn't it? Yes. That okay. song begins with a news reporter being like, yeah, yeah, yeah. well, they were found in an apartment and one of them was a male and two, well, oh, they were this female. Is, yeah, this is the instrumental um, thing. Okay, yeah. It's, it's got this, like... Cure for the Itch has got this, like, distorted announcement thing, and then it goes into this record-scratching stuff, which is also very sublime. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But this song is really yeah. just kind of a beat. Like, they just kind of made a beat and threw a couple lyrics on there that aren't even, like, them singing. It's just, like, little audio clips and threw it on the album, and quite frankly, I don't think it has a place on the album just because it's not, like any song that they have on the album and I it's also super duper short and just kind of serves no purpose in my eyes so (laughs) 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 
hate you. you. Nobody else is gonna get that. Nobody else is gonna get that. They're just gonna like, man. They just had awkward silence. Blaney just said fish, bro. Blaney. That came out of nowhere too. That came. I've not thought about that. That in came so from long. my brainstem, dude. There's no way that I could have thought <laughs> you, about that. You reached down in there and plucked that gold out, bro. Fish. I barely remember what that's from, and I just said it. I've said yes. it twice now. Anyway, when you first said the title of the song, I thought of Patrick when they had, like, the sea urchins on them, and they're like, itchy, why am I so itchy? Because after SpongeBob comes back from the wild. Mm-hmm, and then, yeah. And then they all do the worm around the room. And they're sitting there. <laughs> I had to take the headphones off. It's like one of my favorite clips of SpongeBob. Uh, you know what? Here it is. Patrick itchy! It is great to be home. We like SpongeBob. We like SpongeBob. Okay, cure for the itch. This is the only song performed solely by one member of the group. That being? Okay, I don't know. The drummer. (laughs) But John Hahn, I'm sorry, his first name. His first name's not John. Man, this is a really good podcast. <laughs> One take, baby. <laughs> We're doing it live. This is three cuts. Live. Now that, now that is an interesting thing. I don't thing. care. Censor it, Nate. It. We're doing it live. I don't give a We, you're going to listen to that too. We, we'll, we'll talk about that. Anyway, his name's Joe. <laughs> his name's Joe Hahn. Anyway, he's the band's DJ. And he spins and scratches over the complex and this is from Genius Lyrics, by the way, and often unpredictable drum programming. The title Cure for the Itch can be viewed as having two different meanings. The first being that a craving is often described as an itch when the cure is related to drug, sex, or even music. Alternately, one scratches an itch just as Joe Hahn scratches to create this incredible instrumental. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow, clever. But a music video was created for the song of Just Hans Scratches. That's strange. It is. But then the song was later sampled on a Linkin Park song. They sampled themselves? Mm-hmm. That's, that's some meta right there. That's and meta. And then it says, on, but then Black Thought was on vocals, and it was titled Executioner Style. So, I don't know. But the intro, I thought personally incredible. I liked the little minor dialogue in there. I thought it was very interesting. This is the one that reminded me of the Beastie Boys. Uh-huh. The beat that goes throughout. I like it. I did. I, I really did enjoy it because I've weirdly liked instrumental pieces like this recently. But it doesn't really match with the album flow like Nate said. However, I do think it's a good break. Despite the fact that this is a short 38-minute 12-song album. I feel like if you're going to put this in the album, you have to put it either as the very last song or in the dead middle. Like, I don't I don't think that there's any other place for the song. Even then, I don't feel like there that this song belongs on the album. But if you I mean, are okay. just like, this song needs to be on the album, put it at the dead the last reason, or in the very middle. Yeah, second to last was not a good placement in general. But the only reason I think it fits... Is number one, yes, because it's the drummer laying down the beat. Mm-hmm. But they include record scratches. And I think there was also piano in this song. Yeah, there was. Which is in another song. I didn't write it down. But those are the only things that I could really tie in to this. Um, 
But let's get to the last one. The last song is called Pushing Me Away. They were definitely just going for a crawling clone. Mini! They were definitely just going for a crawling clone. Um, soft verses with the buildup having rap in the background with the hard-hitting chorus with distorted metal uh, guitar. It just feels so lazy. Like, it's the exact same formula. I mean, the exact same formula as Crawling, which Crawling was a good song, but... It's so funny that you say all of this because the things that I wrote down perfectly correlate with this, that. This is just a bad ending to the album, in my opinion, and I really don't have much to say because they didn't have much to say either because this was lazy. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Pushing Me Away deals with strong themes of unbreakable relationships and coming back to that one person even when it's the wrong path to choose. Now, this last song was a bit... I'm going to ignore that. This last song was a bit different with vocals, but it goes back to the same formula that Nate has already mentioned many times before in this album. But you also talk about albums following a specific formula. I mean, go look at our other episodes and you'll find those places because this isn't the first time that people have had a very specific sound, very specific formula. It's kind of bland. Again... I'm going to state that you should read the lyrics if you don't want to listen to the song because they are overall decent lyrics. They're mm-hmm. pretty good lyrics, especially if you have like Chester Bennington writing them and talking about real issues. But at this point, this was Patrick when Squidward plays E minor. Yeah, E minor! <laughs> Uh, so one through ninety-two, how you feeling, Laney? I personally would put it lower. Hear me out, because it feels like it has land syndrome, which is long album no substance. If you have what? That was that very was, early. That was the first Celine. That was Outcast. That was we don't talk about it much, but when we do, there's a reason for it. And it reminded me of the land syndrome, long album no substance, due to the lack of variety. However, it is 100% the opposite of a long album with no substance because there's plenty of substance there. The songs have meaning, and it's only 38 minutes long. The, the, issue, the issue with this album is not the lyrical content. Mm-hmm. It's not, like, it's not any of the songs being necessarily bad from, like, a critical, like... Standpoint. It's more of just like it's so formulaic. Every song just sounds so similar. Listening to this album all the way through is what makes it difficult to enjoy it Mm -hmm. as much as Linkin Park fans do. And I mean, even Linkin Park fans probably listen to the album all the way through. But yeah, it's just not as enjoyable when you do that because I mean. And that's a lot of albums. You can only take so much of that back to back to back to back um, mm-hmm. until it becomes old. And that really isn't... This isn't to undermine them as artists. Undermine? I'm so sorry. This isn't to undermine them as artists. Um, because really, the lyrical content, if you go and you read the lyrics to the majority of their songs... You're like, wow, this comes from somewhere. And, and you again, know it comes from somewhere. They brought the rap rock and new metal, like, they brought that almost into mainstream. They pushed yes. it into the light a little bit more, which 
It's a very difficult thing to do. It's a very specific sound, and you have to have a very specific taste in music to enjoy that. And, and yes, like, they had people like Limp Biscuit and stuff that they somewhat are inspired by and have a similar sound, but nobody was doing it like Linkin Park was doing it. Nobody was... They were paving their own way, Mm -hmm. and they were doing their own thing, and I applaud them for that, because that's something that a lot of artists don't have the guts or the talent to do. On top of that, though, the passing of Chester Bennington, when that happened, the entire community just... Oh, dude, I remember. They were in mourning. It was a loss. It was a big loss. I remember when that happened. I mean, shoot, like... Again, read his lyrics. Dude was struggling, and his music, his lyrical content was. And this was wasn't this their first album? Mm-hmm. And there are many other albums. To listen yes, to I, to I Park, don't so. know how many how many they have, but they have quite they have they quite have the catalog. This um, is the only one on the diamond list, though. Yes, sadly, um, which I because I kind of wish I could give them more of a shake because. I feel like this album doesn't do them justice as artists with where I'm going to put it, but right. um, I'm going to have to drop it lower than where this it is. At is. 56, right? Yes, this is 56. I think I'll drop it like 10 spots, then like 66, maybe yeah. even like upper 70s, man. And it makes me feel bad because I like a lot of their their songs. I like, mean, we know they're talented. We know that they're a great band, incredible artists, you know, great lyrics, but... Listening to this album like this, it's just not. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's not their fullest potential. And again, it's their first album. Because again, I have to. I have to remind myself sometimes. This podcast isn't about rating songs. Yes, it is, but it's not about rating songs. It's not about rating. It's not about rating artists. It's about rating albums, albums specifically. And I like Linkin Park as artists, but I this album this. just. <laughs> I don't know. It just wasn't uh, yeah. it for me, and. They have so many other songs that aren't on this album that are dope. Numb, What I've Done, uh, New Divide. I'm I'm reading them. Castle of Glass. I'm reading them off of this list because I couldn't think of the names off the top of my head and I didn't want to stutter. And people be like, oh, no, they don't actually have great songs like you're saying. They do. They're wonderful artists. Um, it just this album did not do them justice. And it kind of upsets me that this is the only one on the diamond list. With that being said, if you have anything else to say to the viewers, now is your time. Anything at all. If not, it's A-OK. And remember, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. (laughs) I still have to say the social medias. The Twitter, (laughs) TDMPod, TDMPOD, the Instagram, the Diamond Mind Podcast. Uh, the YouTube, if you're an audio listener and you want to see our face or, you know, all the jazz. Um, <laughs> uh, the Diamond Mine. Uh, Diamond Mine Podcast. Look it Kenny up on G. YouTube. We're the first thing. Oh, yeah. the jazz. Oh, Kenny G. Anyways, this has been the Diamond Mine Podcast. We'll be back at you next week with Meatloaf, Bad Out of Hell. <laughs> Shania Twain. Nope, that said Shania Twain. Never mind. <laughs> good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Penis.